The French Revolution, A History, by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 3, The Guillotine, Book 4, Terror, Chapter 5, Sword of Sharpness. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Peter Dan. Book 4, Chapter 5, Sword of Sharpness. In fact, it is something quite other than paper theorems. It is iron and audacity that France now needs. Is not La Vendée still blazing? Alas, too literally, rogue Rossignol burning the very corn mills. General Santerre could do nothing there. General Rossignol, in blind fury, often in liquor, can do less than nothing. Rebellion spreads, grows even madder. Happily those lean, quixotic figures whom we saw retreating out of Mentz, bound not to serve against the coalition for a year, have got to Paris. National Convention packs them into post vehicles and conveyances, sends them swiftly by post into La Vendée. There, valiantly struggling in obscure battle and skirmish under rogue Rossignol, let them, unlaurelled, save the Republic and be cut down gradually to the last man. Does not the coalition like a fire-tide pour in, Prussia through the opened northeast, Austria, England through the northwest? General Houchard prospers no better there than General Castine did. Let him look to it. Through the eastern and the western Pyrenees, Spain has deployed itself, spreads rustling with Bourbon banners over the face of the south. Ashes and embers of confused Girondin civil war covered that region already. Marseille is damped down, not quenched, to be quenched in blood. Too long, terror-struck, too far gone for turning, has flung itself, ye righteous powers, into the hands of the English. On Toulon Arsenal there flies a flag, nay, not even the fleur-de-lis of a Louis pretender, there flies that accursed St. George's Cross of the English and Admiral Hood. What remnants of sea-craft, arsenals, roperies, war-navy France had, has given itself to these enemies of human nature, enemy du genre humain. Beleaguer it, bombard it, ye commissioners, Barra, Freron, Robespierre, Jr., thou General Carteau, General Dugommier, above all, thou remarkable artillery major, Napoleon Bonaparte. Hood is fortifying himself, victualling himself, means, apparently, to make a new Gibraltar of it. But lo, in the autumn night, late night, among the last of August, what sudden red sun-blaze is this that has risen over Lyon City, with a noise to deafen the world? It is the powder-tower of Lyon, nay, the arsenal with four powder-towers, which has caught fire in the bombardment, and sprung into the air, carrying a hundred and seventeen houses after it with a light one fancies as of the noon sun, with a roar second only to the last trumpet. All living sleepers far and wide it has awakened. What a sight was that which the eye of history saw in the sudden nocturnal sun-blaze! The roofs of hapless Leon and all its domes and steeples made momentarily clear, Rhone and Sion streams flashing suddenly visible, and height and hollow, hamlet and smooth stubble-field, and all the regions round, heights, alas, all scarped and counter-scarped into trenches, curtains, redoubts, blue artillery men, little powder devilkins, plying their hell-trade there through the not-ambrosial night. Let the darkness cover it again, for it pains the eye. Of a truth, Chalier's death is costing this city dear. 
Convention commissioners, Lyon congresses have come and gone, and action there was, and reaction, bad ever growing worse, till it has come to this. Commissioner Dubois-Crancet, with 70,000 men and all the artillery of several provinces, bombarding Lyon day and night. Worse things still are in store. Famine is in Lyon, and ruin, and fire. Desperate are the sallies of the besieged. Brave Precy, their national colonel and commandant, doing what is in man, desperate but ineffectual. Provisions cut off, nothing entering our city but shot and shells. The arsenal has roared aloft, the very hospital will be battered down and the sick buried alive. A black flag hung on this latter noble edifice, appealing to the pity of the besiegers, for though maddened, were they not still our brethren? In their blind wrath they took it for a flag of defiance, and aimed thitherward the more. Bad is growing ever worse here, and how will the worst stop till it have grown worst of all? Commissioner Dubois will listen to no pleading, to no speech, save this only, we surrender at discretion. Lyon contains in it subdued Jacobins, dominant Girondins, secret royalists. And now mere deaf madness and cannon-shot enveloping them, will not the desperate municipality fly at last into the arms of royalism itself? Majesty of Sardinia was to bring help, but it failed. Emigrant Ottichamp, in the name of the two pretender royal highnesses, is coming through Switzerland with help, coming, not yet come. Paresi hoists the fleur-de-lis at sight of which all true Girondins sorrowfully fling down their arms. Let our trickler brethren storm us then, and slay us in their wrath. With you we conquer not. The famishing women and children are sent forth. Deaf Dubois sends them back, reigns in mere fire and madness. Our redoubts of cotton bags are taken, retaken. Precy under his fleur-de-lis is valiant as despair. What will become of Lyon? It is a siege of seventy days. Or see, in these same weeks, far in the western waters, breasting through the Bay of Biscay, a greasy, dingy little merchant ship with Scotch skipper, under hatches whereof sit disconsolate, the last forlorn nucleus of Girondism, the deputies from Camper. Several have dissipated themselves, whithersoever they could, Borioff fell into the talons of Revolutionary Committee and Paris Prison. The rest sit here under hatches. Reverend Pétion with his grey hair, angry Buzo, suspicious Louvre, brave young Barbaroux and others. They have escaped from Camper in this sad craft, are now tacking and struggling in danger from the waves, in danger from the English, in still worse danger from the French, banished by heaven and earth to the greasy belly of this Scotch skipper's merchant vessel, unfruitful Atlantic raving round. They are for Bordeaux, if peradventure hope yet linger there. Enter not Bordeaux, of friends, bloody convention representatives Tallien and such like, with their edicts, with their guillotine, have arrived there. Respectability is driven underground. Jacobinism lords it on high. From that Réole landing-place, or beak of Ombe, as it were, pale death waving his revolutionary sword of sharpness waves you elsewhither. On one side or the other of that Beckdumbe, the Scotch skipper with difficulty moors, a dexterous greasy man, with difficulty lands his Girondins, 
who, after reconnoitering, must rapidly burrow in the earth. And so, in subterranean ways, in friends' back closets, in cellars, barn lofts, in caves of Saint-Emilion and Le Bourne, stave off cruel death, unhappiest of all senators. End of Book 4, Chapter 5